Moments of Brilliance, a podcast about life, laughter, and raising daughters. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Moments of Brilliance. This is our first official episode. Uh, for those of you that listened to the pilot episode, we thank you. And we are going to be having some interesting dialogue today. And of course, with me is Sandeep. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Right. So today we have a couple of interesting questions. And like we said in our pilot, we're going to start to get into um, a bit of a rhythm here. A few more things that we want to talk about. So today's big question, and we're always going to try to have one big question that we ask through the show and then at the end we're going to try and have like a little one to uh maybe stump our get our our each other or try and see what we can do uh to make you guys laugh a little bit today's big question is really about the day they were born so as we told you in the pilot i have one girl she's five and a half and sundeep of course has two children one who's five and one who's three so today we're going to find out all about the day they were born. So first question for you, Sandeep, today is tell us about the day your children were born. You've got two. There's got to be two interesting stories there. Wow. Yeah, there really are. Um, I think anyone who's had kids has, has you know, a very interesting story. Um, so my first child... Uh, she was, she was a little bit of a surprise. We, um, if I, if I can remember correctly, it was, uh, like two days before, two days before we had, uh, had her, we, um, we went for an ultrasound and we had a midwife at the time and we can probably get into that a little later, but having a midwife, that experience was really amazing. Um, and we had it for both our pregnancies. Um, but anyways, uh, so two days before we had an ultrasound and, and we were asked to come back. I think they got the results back that night and we were asked to come back and they were saying um, that they don't, they don't know if the baby's growing as fast as it should. So we went back and- To be scary. Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, it's your first child and you're like, oh no, like we're, you're so close to the end. You know, you're like at, I don't know what month we were at, like, sorry, what week we were at, 37 or maybe. And they're like, yeah, come back. Um, okay, so we went back um, and it turned out like she, my wife was four centimeters dilated already. And our, my wife has a pretty high t- uh, pain tolerance and she didn't even notice she was dilated. And the doctor tells her she's four centimeters dilated. So we weren't able to go home after that. We were told like, you know, this is going to happen soon. And so like, although we had like bags packed and we had a car seat in like we weren't mentally sorted out at home i mean we have a cat and i think we needed to feed her so we need to think of all that uh but anyways we were at the hospital we were at um credit view hospital in mississauga um for anyone's wondering and it, that that was a really really amazing hospital um so anyways, um, so we were, we were worried, you know, the baby wasn't growing and they did another ultrasound and they felt the same way again. So, so they had to induce my wife and they broke her water there and she was in active labor for about six hours. And during like the final few minutes, um, the midwife had a really hard time, um, finding the, the baby's heartbeat. And, and so, you know, they had to, they had to 
press that button or, you know, call for help. And yeah. And then the OB and their crew came running in, helped use a vacuum to help pull her out. Um, uh, you know, and then when it yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was like, you know, like it, it was like, it looked like it was all going according to plan with the midwife. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, I need your help. <laughs> and um, it's a scary moment. Yeah. And then with the midwife, my it took a long time for for my first daughter to like inch away, like inch out of my wife. I don't know how else to say it. Um one way to put it, inch, inch out of her. That's right. She's just like slowly inching out. That's right. Um, but we, but when the LB came, she had to use vacuum and pulled my daughter out like very fast. And, uh, and, you know, in that moment, I didn't hear a cry. And normally that's what you expect to hear when a baby is pulled out, but you didn't hear a cry. And well, actually what happened was like the midwife had looked at me and my wife and the the crew had taken my daughter to a table right next to us and the, the midwife was trying to just get her focus on her while I was just trying to like stare at the baby. I was like, well, what is going on? And, you know, I didn't hear her cry for a while and I don't know, it could have, no. it could have felt like, you know, honestly it felt like a long time, like maybe two minutes or something, but like, I, I'm sure it was less than that. But, you know, after a while I heard that cry and I was like, I looked over and I was like, and the midwife looked at us. She's like, everything's fine. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Scary. Yeah. That's scary. So, so yeah, I mean, when I first saw her, I was, I was in awe when I saw her. I was like, I looked at her and I was like, oh, she's perfect. And she held my finger, squirmed and made the cute baby sounds. And, you know, we were, that was, that was your wife or the baby? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. It was the baby. My. So what about your second child? So you have two. So, I mean, that was a good, that was a tough story on, on your first one. What about your second child? Were you a little more relaxed? Were things a little different with your second child? Like, what was that like? Yeah, so yeah, for the first child, you don't, don't know what to expect. Um, with the second child, they're 22 months apart. So, you know, there was a little bit of time to grow and room for, you know, improvement as as parents and newborn parents, right? So we, we knew what to expect in terms of having a child and taking care of a child. Um, what we didn't expect was, you know, amount of work it would, would have been. And, you know, they say, you know, like, oh, one child is, I mean, having two children is twice the work, but no, I think it's, it's, it's like three times or four times the amount of work. And then just funny because I hear some people say having two is easier and I've never believed that, which is why we only stuck with one. But please, sorry, continue. But those people are probably psychopaths. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Sorry to all the psychopaths out there if we've offended anybody. Oh, uh, no. What I mean is you guys are just probably more prepared and mentally tough than we are. <laughs> but we found it very challenging at the beginning. So anyway, sorry, going back to the story of, you know, leading up to the birth. Yeah, so we also had a midwife and... See, I find this interesting. The first one, no problems to remembering. The second one, you're like, wait, did we have a second baby? What happened there? <laughs> was it the same? Who, who was the baby? What's this? So it's always fun. It's, uh, it's interesting on a second child here, I'm, I'm noticing. All I remember is, okay, it was like about 12, 12 at midnight. Now she's been feeling like these contractions for the past week and, and like, you know, we weren't sure what was going on. She was like in extreme pain, more so than the first one. And she has a high pain tolerance, like I said, but we find out that it's that Braxton Hicks. And, you know, we never went okay, into, yeah. yeah, we never went into the hospital uh, for that week. 
but there was one day where the contractions were just getting, you know, closer and closer together. And I forget now, like how close they're supposed to be, but they were at the point where I felt like, you know, it's time to go. And so there was no real panic or anything. It was just like, okay, let's go. It was midnight. We, my mother-in-law was staying with us. So luckily, like we kind of, you know, felt like, you know, this would be the moment. So she was staying with us. So she was watching my first child. Uh, we packed our bags in the car and we drove off to um, now the Oakville Hospital, which is which was just another great hospital. But just remember, this is 2020. So it was almost pretty much in the middle of COVID um, when COVID was like, you know, hardcore. And, you know, we were hearing stories that, you know, maybe the father isn't allowed to be in the delivery room with the wife or even at the hospital. Like it was that extreme. And can you imagine, like, if your wife is having a baby, you just like send her off in an nope. Uber and be like, see you, honey. Yeah, there you go. Have fun. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, so that was nerve wracking until like, you know, a little few days before we found out, you know, it's, it is possible. Okay. So I'm allowed at the hospital. So, you know, that was, that was great news for my wife and me. So we went to the hospital and it was the weirdest thing because this is COVID. I've never experienced this, but middle of the night, it was probably like, yeah, it was midnight or close to one o'clock. The hospital was dead. Like there was nobody there. There was no cars. Another term to use for a hospital, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they, Calling a hospital dead. I don't know if that's good. The hospital was but, uh, empty. There was right. Okay, there we go. That's that's a better term. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> wasn't the apocalypse? It was coronavirus. <laughs> Paris for fair enough. Yes, Paris. Yeah. Fair. So it was it was eerie, and it felt like calming, and it felt like you were actually checking yourself into a hotel. We had a, like a little rolling suitcase with us. We we're like, hi, we're here. So like we just we walked up to where we had had to go and yep the the lady at the desk was like your room is ready and i swear it was like a hotel we went into the delivery room and just sat there for a little while midwife came along greeted us and the room was huge comfortable there was nobody else i could see other than like a few nurses and so it, it was a totally weird and different experience altogether like you know the first birth you know the hospital's alive oh, i guess not a lot <laughs> i shouldn't say that um, the hospital. Very busy. Very busy, I think, is the term <laughs> you're looking for. Yes. <laughs> yes. The hospital was very busy. And, you know, there's people coming and going all the time. Whereas, you know, on, on the second baby, there was nobody. And so strange to experience that. Um, so yeah. So luckily, we got to stay in the room. I was like, I was pumped up, running on adrenaline. But, you know, first and second births, I've realized I'm a nervous eater. So subconsciously, I was very, very nervous. And so I'd sit there and I, my stomach would not settle. So I would constantly eat something and we packed some snacks, but I also went to like the vending machine and I would just like constantly pace back and forth and eat. <laughs> and I would feel so shitty the whole day, but you know, you didn't want to bring that up with your wife because she'd be like, you feel, you feel bad. Oh yeah. I, I'd like to see the, actually, I'd like to see your wife in that conversation. Can I, can I be in the room if you ever do that? <laughs> Fair enough. Do you want to be in the room when I have my third child? Uh, are you having a third? Wait, is this an announcement on this podcast? No. Right. No. Fair enough. Okay. I told you how much work second child was. We're done. 
Right. Right. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. Please go on. Yeah. So um, this time along, she was given the epidural because she was experiencing a lot more pain than the first one immediately. So we went in there, we got settled. She was given the epidural. Um, I didn't stay in the room for that. I got, you know, needles make me queasy. So I stepped out and she was like, it's okay. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I came back in. Um, she was feeling good. Uh, but 10 hours had gone by. So, so, so she was in labor for about 10 hours with our second child. And and so th- this experience with the midwife was very, very similar. Um, and we use, we got to experience the midwife all the way to the end. So the OB and the crew weren't called in. It was like push, push. Okay. Breathe, push, push. Okay. Breathe, push, push. Okay. Breathe until, until the second child arrived. And yeah, it was, a, it was honestly like, you know, given the circumstances, having a midwife, um, and if that was the full experience was really, really, you know, nice to experience peaceful, I would say, um, everybody's birth is different. Right. So, you know, thankfully, yeah, obviously, yeah, thankfully, gratefully, we didn't experience any complications with any of the births other than, you know, we had to stay in the hospital for a couple of days because of their glucose level and a little bit of jaundice after we left. But I think that's very common, but yeah, I think, uh, as far as I can remember, everything, everything was good. And that's, that's what, happened around the events that's great. surrounding the birth that's great yeah how about how that was long for me um but uh, how about you i know yeah yeah i think uh my story is a little bit different so um like you we also had a midwife um so leading up to f- fantastic everything was going well you know we were getting checked weekly uh everything was good that way so <clears throat> night before uh, my daughter was born and she wasn't supposed to be born. I will preface this with, I had something known as a sleep study. And for those of you that don't know, a sleep study is where you go into a room, uh, in a building, they strap you to uh, like a whole bunch of devices. They stick stuff on your head and monitor your heart and monitor your brain. And they watch you sleep all night. It's kind of like a stalker only medically. So they, they go watch you sleep because I have sleep apnea and I actually have a a heart condition and I I had sleep seizures for a while. So they were trying to figure out if that was the cause. So anyway, I thought a sleep study was, I thought you were studying for something like an exam. No, that's uh, who, who studies sleep like that. That's be, well, actually, I'm supposed somebody did. I'm, I hope the doctor that looked at me did. Oh my God. Um, so, so anyway, so I have this, this sleep study and because my wife was very close um, to her due date, we had a thing worked out where she was supposed to call the front desk and they were going to wake me up if anything were to happen. So that night goes by. No problem. But, you know, the thing about a sleep study is you don't sleep a lot because there's all this stuff strapped to your head and your body and you're in a weird bed and, you know, there's cameras on you the whole night and, you know, they keep waking you up and they get you up very early. So I got about three, four hours sleep that night. Sounds like torture. So, yeah, it kind of actually is. It's not the best thing. So that night goes by it's fine i'm like whoo that's good okay not a problem it's great sleep study was fine so next day i've got a a meeting a three-day long meeting that's starting that i'm supposed to be um, co-facilitating i go home after the sleep study i get home about 5 30 in the morning i lay down for about an hour 
because I'm exhausted. I get to work. I should also mention that that day, my wife has an ultrasound booked. Just your standard ultrasound, just pre-birth ultrasound to kind of get things looked at. Make sure everything's okay, etc. Just as, so just as I'm getting into this meeting, we're just starting to do introductions, my cell phone rings. It's my wife. She says, you have to get to the hospital right away because they've just done my ultrasound and my fluid levels are low. So they're going to induce me today. Oh, unexpected call. The thing I should point out, but they're keeping her at a hospital. uh, It's actually the Oakville Hospital where you had your second baby. Um, they, They kept her there. But we were supposed to be giving birth in Milton, Ontario, which is about uh, 20 minutes difference in place. So we were registered at one hospital, but they weren't letting her leave the Oakville Hospital. Wow. So I drove as fast as I could without getting pulled over. Luckily, you know, got to the hospital. Everything was fine. Like, I'm in a full suit and tie in a hospital. And they said, okay, you've got a little bit of time before we induce. So I race home, had to grab my wife's bags uh, that she had all packed and ready, get to the hospital, uh, back there about, I guess it was about 3 o'clock. They had just induced her. Wow. So so they induced her, and it was, it was a long wait. Now, remember, we're at a hospital we're not supposed to be at. We had bags. Things were kind of there. I'd had four hours sleep the night before, plus the little nap I had in the morning. Our car seat, I believe, was in the car, luckily. But we have two cars at a hospital. And so we had to arrange all this stuff. So the time comes. So, uh, you know, they've, they've induced her. It's, it's going along. The midwife is with us there the whole time. You know, we had a, also had a midwife. She was wonderful. The inducer, time is going by. It's getting very late. In about, I guess, around midnight, 1 a.m., all of a sudden, the heartbeat drops. Like, the monitor can no longer feel the heartbeat. They press the magic panic button that you talked about, strap on the oxygen on my wife, and she has this look on her face that I never want to see again, and I've never seen since. It was this look of panic, of fear that I've never, ever seen, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was helpless. The, the amount of doctors and nurses that descended on the birthing room was insane it was amazing the hospital was great finally they find the heartbeat get everything back okay we all kind of take a breath and you know everything continued on normally till the end now my wife didn't get the epidural until hour 12 and you know so they they induced her at three they uh and she didn't get the epidural until three in the morning so and To know my wife is to know that her pain tolerance is very low. If she stubs her toe, she's out for days. So her pain tolerance to not get the epidural for 12 12 hours. I was like, I'm in awe of you right now. I would have had it as soon as I got here. Yeah. But nope. Anyways, didn't get it till hour 12. It was like the last possible moment she could have gotten it. Wow. 
Finally, uh, you know, at 3.59 a.m. after a lot of pushing and a lot of work, out comes my daughter. Now, I should say I was supposed to catch uh, my daughter, but I had turned around for two seconds um, and I can't remember what I had turned around for. It was just something she wasn't supposed to be out yet. All of a sudden, bam. So I, bam, I what did she around. hit the floor? No, I whip around because the midwife is like, she's coming. So I whip around just in time to barely kind of catch her. Cause obviously the midwife is there. She's not going to just let her what fall. What else could you um, have been so doing? I can't remember. I turned around to just look at something or do something, or grab <laughs> something. Somebody was texting me, okay. finding out where everything was okay. That's, oh my god! So I get in there. I, I just kind of grab her with the tips of my fingers. So I got to, <laughs> to catch. And then the midwife says, "Do you want to cut the cord?" And I don't know, Sundeep, if you cut the cord on my second one, like, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting. It was like cutting squid. Yeah. So you know, you you cut the cord and. She was all fine. You know, she was, you know, six pounds, one ounce. She was a very small baby. Um, by the time we left the hospital, she was only five pounds, seven ounces. So we had a lot of work to do when we got home to make sure that she was uh, up to weight. And she also had jaundice. So we had to go for a few days. But luckily, if, as you know, Sunday, the midwife comes to your house mm -hmm. uh, and she came to our house the next morning. And of course, like, I shouldn't say the next morning. So we actually got to stay in the hospital for a night. So that morning, obviously it was 4 a.m. before my daughter was born. Stay in the hospital that day. Of course, they come in the morning, do the hearing test. Well, I've had no sleep for like two days. I was out. I was snoring. Apparently they came in the room, did the hearing test, did a bunch of other tests on her. Oh my gosh. And they didn't know I was in the room because I'm in the little bed. Uh, that they give for the husbands <laughs> and they didn't know I was there until I started snoring. So I snore. They're like, Oh geez, he's here. I had no idea. <laughs> My wife was like, yeah, did you hear them come in and do the hearing test? Somebody was in the room. I had no idea. So we stay that day, make sure Amelia's okay. You know, give her the first bath. It's fine. And then oh. you know, next day, we, we, we get to drive home. That was probably the slowest I've ever driven in my life. Just trying to make sure my daughter was okay. Get home the next day. Midwife, of course, comes at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning. Both my wife and I were out of it because my daughter was not a good sleeper because she fed all the time. Oh, really? So that was... Uh, that was that was my birth story for for my daughter. It was uh, definitely an interesting one and one I will never forget. But I tell you, the happiest moment in my life, just holding her that there's a picture with a look on my face. That's just I'll never forget it. Oh, that's a amazing story. I can't believe how similar they are. Yeah, I mean, the, the definitely like parts of the first one and the second one. There's there's bits and pieces of both, and I actually honestly didn't know that your your second daughter was born in the same hospital that that my daughter was. So wonderful hospital. We weren't supposed to be born there, although Milton has a wonderful hospital. I was glad we were born in Oakville because they have food that is open until uh, yeah. all hours. So there's actually a, a Tim Hortons, and if any of you are listening in in America, you may know what our Tim Hortons is. 
it's the only thing that was open, luckily, because Milton would have had nothing open and we were starving. Yeah. Come about midnight. So, you know, of course, my wife wanted donuts because she's giving birth. She could have had whatever she wanted. If she asked for a brick, I would have gone and get caught her a brick. So it was nice being able to stay in the hospital that actually had decent food for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, props to Oakville Hospital and Mississauga Credit View Hospital. You know, they're really, really good hospitals in the area. Um, I, oh man, that was a really amazing story. Um, you were saying your daughter was born around 4 a.m.? Uh, 3.59 is what they say. I disputed. I said it said 4. They call it 3.59. So I'll, I'll, I'll let them have it. That's hilarious. Like my daughter was born 4.13 a.m. So it's like very close in time also. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but you know. Yeah, yeah. 4 a.m. is uh, an interesting time because uh, that means you spend all night awake. So considering I had gotten four hours sleep the night before, I don't think I've ever caught up on my sleep, which uh, is probably why I nap all the time because I'm still tired oh. five and a half years later. So I'm not allowed to talk about, you know, like the fact that I was tired. I'm not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I was is because I had the sleep study. Other than that, there's no, we're, we're, we're not allowed to talk about that because I wasn't like, because of the, the issue she went through with the heartbeat and the epidural and the giving birth. I don't think I'm ever allowed to talk about pain, um, again. So I, I try not to, uh, yeah. but you know, obviously my, uh, my wife wins for pain always cause she can just bring it back up. Yeah. Remember when I had to have the epidural and before that oh. 12 hours I was in labor. So like she'll win every argument. So my wife will, yeah, she'll see like, uh, an Instagram post of a baby or like a newborn being held by a mother. She'll look at me and she'll just look at me and I'll look at her. I'm like, a chip will fall out of my mouth and she'll be like, you'll never know. I'm like, what? Never know what? <laughs> um, you know, speaking about the first bath, uh, I actually missed the first bath. I missed it. Um, I was assigned to go home, feed the cat. As I did, I took a shower and I tried to sleep because I was, I was also exhausted. Um, and I, I fell asleep for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I don't know, but it, I woke up and it was the worst nap of my life because I woke up and I had such a headache. It was one of those naps when you, when you wake up and you feel like, oh man, somebody just stick a knife in my head. Um, that's how I felt. And and my wife is calling me. She's like, you can come back to the hospital whenever you're ready. Now they're giving her the first bath. I was like, oh, no. And I rushed. Uh, but we were about like 20 minutes away. So I rushed to get there. And I got there. And they're like, you missed the first bath. And her two cousins were there. And they had actually given my daughter the, the well, they didn't give my daughter the bath. The nope, nurse gave I, the daughter. I didn't leave the hospital. Oh, I did not leave the hospital. So that was bad. I'm still reminded of that. He's like, you took a nap when your front, when your daughter had her first bath. Oh, what? Oh. oh, I'm still reminded of the fact that I napped through all of her tests. Yeah. Uh, oh. I think, think <laughs> my wife is still a little angry, but I mean, I, I feel like I had a bit of an excuse given the no sleep. Although, you know, again, I can't win the arguments anymore. So for any mothers listening out there, we men are very sorry. Um, we also get tired, but I get it. You win. So we are sorry on behalf of all men. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Women are, you know, like tough as hell. Um, yeah. So you napped. I ate. We, oof, I would not want us around. 
You're terrible people. Yeah. Actually, I think we're, we're terrible people. I think is what we're trying to say. <laughs> but that's okay. So, Sandeep, I think we've come to the part of this episode where we've got a couple of, you know, those were some good stories today. But I think we've got a couple of, you know, one one word rapid fire questions that we wanted to ask each other um, just to get some quick unscripted responses as we start to think about, you know, this, this first little bit. So if you don't mind, I'm going to start and I want to hear your quick answer uh, on your unscripted answer on what you hear and what you want to say about this. Oh man. All right. You ready? Not really, but okay, let's do it. First diaper change. Oh, tar. That's the, the only way to describe that first diaper change. How about you? If anybody out here does not have children and you see the first diaper change, it's tar. They're nothing but tar. Like, you don't know what to think about it. It's so weird. So It's, it's just like strange. black gooey. You're like, what is this? This is, this is not baby poo. This uh, was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, am I allowed to ask you? What was your... First, yeah. first, um, yeah, the first diaper change. Same. Tar. Tar? Okay. It was tar. And I, I am mostly revolted by poo. Um, yeah, same. Other people's poo. I mean, I guess my own, I'm used to it. Um, I had 45 years of it, so it's a little different. But uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was disgusting. And I would say that uh, I didn't do a lot of the poop diaper changes throughout the time when my daughter had diapers. So I apologize again to women out there. Oh, you're but, lucky. Uh, I remember times. I, I remember times when I actually had to wear a face mask because uh, I would dry heave. Oh, <laughs> the smell. Of it. Yeah, it was. It was pretty bad. So yeah, you know those those first few years though. I mean, it was fine. We had cloth diapers that we used for my daughter. So we had a pail in the corner that somebody took away once a week. It was fine, but if you ever opened that pail uh, after a while, the smell in there would make you gag. So, who took that pail of diapers away? Was it a service? Yeah, there was a service that came and they they gave us enough diapers for the week. Oh wow! It was actually fantastic. It was great. Um, You know, we we were trying to be environmentally conscious, Um, so it was really good. I would recommend it to anybody. You know, it 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 only smelled really bad if you left the lid open for a while. So don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> wow cool that's, that's uh yeah we yes. we used regular diapers uh, but that's pretty cool experience if you used uh, cloth diapers um because you're terrible people yeah we're, we're horrible people because uh, you're terrible people and you ruin the environment yeah. for everybody we're, we're, is that what it is i'm oh. kidding i'm kidding out there for anybody I, I i don't knock your decision this guy you do you um what was i gonna say yeah okay never mind let's go to the next one yeah I don't one today. I think I had one. It was just is that's that's all I had today. <laughs> that's all. I think that was that. I think you know, poo is probably a good place to end this episode on. So okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we'll go from there. So I, next time. So thank you everybody for listening today. Next time we're going to start getting into what what was everything else like. It's not going to all be babies. We're going to throughout this show we're going to start talking about their development, growing up, going to school. And we're also hopefully eventually going to have some guests on uh, who have some older children that have, you know, uh, different experiences. And we welcome any of your comments uh, on our YouTube channel and any of our other channels that you you happen to find this on. So please comment. 
we're, we're going to read them out. So we're very interested to hear what everybody else has to say and anybody, any stories anybody else has, we'll be happy to share them on air. So with that, Sandeep, I think today um, we're going to end on the poo note. So with that, we want to say goodbye and we hope you have a great week and hopefully you can listen to us again next week. I hope to have you back for the next episode. Um, Patrick, do you know what we're going to talk about in the next episode? You know what? That's a good question. I think we are looking at um, the weeks after birth. Those are some interesting weeks weeks. after birth. I think we're going to look. Yeah, we're going to look at some of the weeks after and you know, some of the months after and, you know, leading up to maybe walking. We'll, we'll see how far we get. Sometimes our stories go off in a tangent. We don't get as far as we want to. So we will, we'll see how far we get in their development next week. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. Tune in next time. Bye, everybody.